We all have heard horror stories of how a remodel nearly tore a couple apart, as well as how impactful our environment can be on our state of well-being. Remodels don't have to end in divorce, and we can reflect our true selves in our environment with the right approach. Welcome to Psychotecture. My name is Rachel Melvald, and I'm a psychotherapist and designer. Psychotecture was developed as a methodological approach to ease issues that come up in design challenges, as well as the philosophy on how our environment can reflect our highest selves. Each week, I will interview an expert in the field of design and psychology to shed light on design challenges. I will also have a special series called The Psychotech is In, where I can offer help to those in design intervention need. Welcome to The Psychotech is In. On this segment of The Psychotech is In, you're going to meet my design team. I'm going to introduce you to my go-to experts, such as my architect, contractor, psychiatrist, and various other design experts in the field, to look at all aspects of mental health and design challenges, and to bring on our experts to support the process. Welcome to an episode of The Psychotect is In. Today, we have the pleasure of Introducing Ben Warwas of By Ben Architecture and Jana Stark, who is an interior designer and is a client of Ben's. And as we've talked about in the Psychotectors Inn and what Psychotecture does, is that we explore what makes a successful remodel, a build, what the relationship looks like between the architect and the client. And I chose this to be featured because not only is it just a beautiful outcome, as you'll see soon, but Ben's ability to work with his clients and describe the relationship and what variables makes a successful remodel happen, he can really speak to that. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Ben Warwas. Hello, and thank you guys for showing up. I've created a presentation and I'm just going to sort of go through the process of our design and then we can sort of have a conversation. That's great. So the project is called Small Bedroom, Big Window. This is the site. This is actually the front of Jana's beautiful house. It's The house is set back. So when you see the house initially, you kind of don't see it. So as you come up, here is the sort of beginning of the house. There's a nice deck. This is an original renovation. It's a part of the project that we actually kept. So as we go through the project, it's sort of a long deck. And this is the part that we were actually working on. So you can see here, this the part on the left was actually a, an illegal addition. So we had to sort of deal with that and sort of change all the yard that was surrounding it. And then here is this very sort of like uncomfortable space that existed at the edge of the property between the building and the edge of the property. It is uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. Uncomfortable. It was very, and even my children thought it was uncomfortable. Oh, really? <laughs> they know. They're they like, why did you put us here? They're like, we don't want to play back here, mom. <laughs> that says a lot. They were That's scared right. of it. It's not only uncomfortable, it looks... <laughs> That I did not know that. That's that's so exciting. So yeah, here we have sort of the original floor plan and you can see this space off to the far left is the room that we were going to change. And this sort of shaded area is what it became. And then here is what it became. So we wanted to add sort of a master suite and then an office. And so we added this bathroom here and then we angled the bedroom to face the view. So this is sort of the whole view. And then we created this little office kind of TV room area. And then that goes directly to the new yard because the yard got much bigger. And so we worked with a couple of models and worked on the design. You can see here, we got the bathroom, the office and the bedroom. And then we also did a lot of work to the deck. So we'll start at the beginning again here. So we came up here and we made this really nice little bench area. And you can see here, we made this bench with a back and a little planter. So we created another space here. And then as you make your way around through the deck, the spaces sort of expand and contract. And so this is a moment where it's contracting and this is the addition. And then here is the addition. So here is the sort of, you know, small bedroom with the big window. 
And so right here is where we, we would be coming down from that other picture. And so if you recall, this is what it looked like before. These are actually basically taken from almost the exact same spot. And then this is what it is now. Oh, and so we also created this nice little sort of sunken living room area here to sort of turn this big side yard that we created into sort of a series of spaces. And so this bench up here, you know, you can access from the upper level. And then this whole bench area kind of couch has, has a back and, you know, she's got the pillows in there. And so here you can start to see there's the bathroom right here. Here's the bedroom with the closet. And then here's our little office area. And then there it is almost from the furthest corner. And you can see we have yep. a barbecue area. We've got a bench. We've sort of like turned that little really, you know, depressing space that Janice's kids did not like <laughs> into a whole nother yard. Oh, it's it's amazing how it opened up into this incredible space. It invites you to want to live in this. It's incredible to see the shift. I put these two together because these are completely new experience, right? Wow. Oh gosh, look at that. That that side by side is is yeah, it's it's so stark. Jenna Stark. Stark. It's a stark difference. Yeah, so the idea behind the sort of yards and the deck area is you come up, we have this one little area with the bench here, with the back and the bench, and then it gets really small here. I've got this little diagram, so it sort of contracts here, and then you have this other area, long deck, there's a table here, and then it sort of contracts again, and you travel down here, and you get to this other area, which is sort of all here, and then it contracts again, and then you're at this top area. And Ben, when you speak to contracting, and and I appreciate that architectural term, when it contracts, architecturally meaning obviously it gets tighter Mm -hmm. and then it widens out. What is the rhythm architecturally? Why did you choose to contract and expand as you did there? Yeah, really. I mean, with Jana's property, you know, she kind of has this really massive front yard. And what we wanted to do is I wanted to create sort of these series of moments. So instead of just having a massive front yard, you kind of have like one, two, three, four, and even five over here, sort of moments that you can experience the site as opposed to just having this sort of like one sort of similar space. And also because of just the topography, because this is, this is all going downhill and there's a series of moments where you're going down and then back up. And so we sort of just took advantage of those moments. And it also, it's a way that you can make a project feel sort of far more massive than it really is, you know? Yeah. And then you have intimate moments because really, you don't really want massive moments. You know, if you think about a house, you, everyone ends up in the kitchen because mm-hmm. it's kind of this intimate space. And so it was an attempt to create a series of intimate moments that, you know, some are bigger than others and they're all sort of different. So each one kind of has a different feeling. Like from these two, you don't really see the view, but then from here, you really see the view. And then from here, you see the view. But here there's there's all these sort of trees here and stuff. And so it's sort of like four different experiences also. And so it's sort of like in different seasons, you can appreciate different aspects of the property. Oh yeah, that's right. So I really appreciate how you say a series of moments and different types of moments that you can experience even seasonally. And so here, this is the photo from the sort of most back corner of the site. And you start to see there the barbecue area and then this little moment and then this bench that drops down. And so this is the the sort of study TV room. And so this really created a moment where, you know, you're directly accessing the new side yard and you can sort of go in and out. And this door actually is designed in a way that it can just stay open all the way and it doesn't sort of hinder any sort of movement. And then here, this is the section. So what we did because of the specific plan, we were only really able to add 200 square feet. And so what we did is we pushed the ceiling up quite a bit so because the wind, the room was going to be small with the really high ceiling and the big um, view, it would really, you wouldn't be worried about that. And so we bumped the ceiling up and then the ceiling was also high in the bathroom. And so here you can see the bathroom really benefited from that too. And so you yeah, have a nice really did. here and then you have the window that's kind of where the photograph is taken from. 
It looks like you really took advantage of the height that you could build with, right? I mean, you could only go that high. Was that the zoning well, restriction? I mean, we could have definitely gone a lot <laughs> higher because actually in Mount Washington, you can build four stories. We just wanted to just make the ceiling higher than a typical ceiling, quite a bit higher. So you notice that moment. And so, it makes the room feel so much bigger because it's not a very big room. So obviously, you know, we wanted to expand in yeah. one direction at least. Yeah, yeah the direction. <laughs> so. Oh, so here you're beautiful. coming into the bedroom. This is actually the room that Jana is in right I'm now. I'm sitting in right now, yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, live yeah. from this room. Oh, there we go. I haven't seen the whole view of it. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, the way that light is hitting the wood, just even that will get into around the wood, how you chose that, but it's so warm. It's warm, but really elegant. And it's like being in a really high-end cabin or something, <laughs> right? Yes. The idea with the closet too, because I mean, because of the size of the addition, you know, we weren't able to do sort of a walk-in closet. So we did this entire wall of closet and then we sort of made it all this clear fur and that really sort of activates the height. And so you can sort of never ignore the height of the ceiling when you look at, at this. Well, it's almost architecturally reminiscent of another time to have those built-in closets the way they look, mm -hmm. right? It kind of feels like a mid, not mid-century modern, but... Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even some really old, not necessarily Victorian, but in Europe, they would have these sort of hidden closets, but they would have all this sort of woodwork on the walls. Yeah, it has um, a European feel. Yeah. And then here, this was the view. And we really just sort of had to take advantage of that. So it's the combination of the really high ceiling and this massive window with this view that as soon as you're in the room, you know, you never even think that it's a small room. You're just continuing to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at that view. I mean, that's a just an iconic, you know, Los Angeles image, right? Isn't it? Yeah. You know, the palm tree. That was just like the icing uh, on the cake. Yeah. It's the icing on the cake. Mr. Sunshine. Out there, <laughs> and it's, it's perfect. And it just feels like you could just want to just soak yourself up in that room. I wouldn't want to leave. I really, you know, and then yeah. you have all this window, all the window options below. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose that? How did you choose? Oh, well, actually, I can go back. What we did want to do is we wanted to make sure that we were sticking with the original design of the, the half of the house that we weren't changing. And so they had already sort of established that concept here. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's a feature in the living room as well. And then the dining room. Mm -hmm. And it's actually really a beautiful way to let air in and have it flow. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think having it from under is a beautiful way to yeah. have some airflow. And I'm surprised I don't see more of that. Yeah. And that was actually the, the fur was some of the aspects of the, the sort of half of the house that we were keeping. Yeah. And so we stuck with that same wood. And then actually we made this little sort of, this covers up a, a shade that can go up and down automatically. Yeah, because I imagine it yeah. can get hot in that room. <laughs> but it is nice to lay in bed and it's almost like you're camping. You can like stargaze. Yes. You can watch the moon kind of move across the sky if you wake yeah. up at various hours of the night. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like you really do you feel like you're up camping in a very, like, you know, it's like the post ranch in a big Sur, Right. You know, right. It's, it's so grounded in that way. It's very grounding. It feels it grounding. Is. It is. Even being up yes. in the air there. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jan, you had once said that one of the, one of your children was sort of having a rough night and then you just brought them in there and you just had them look at the stars and it was just like, it just calmed them down. Oh yeah. I mean, you listen to a little like ambient music and like, look at the stars. You're good. You're asleep in no time. <laughs> so that's just it. That's, that's a psychotexture treatment in itself. It this is. is like going back to not the womb, but it's going, it's like a sensory place to stimulate and calm and ground. Yeah, I mean, I think in many ways, that was also sort of some of the ideas behind these different moments in the yard. It's just, her sight is just so amazing that we wanted to create all these different moments that you could sort of like hang out in different parts of the site and just enjoy it. 
Right. So the site in itself lent to these moments, right, that you wanted to expand on and obviously how you were able to (laughs) emphasize and rebuild that horrible compressed space and open it up to what it is. And for a family, so just kind of to get the origin of what's, you know, how Mm -hmm. this came to be. You were very interested in continuing the previous architect's work. It doesn't always bother me, but I think when I can see architecture that feels seamless, especially when it's nice architecture, and I don't always know, oh, that's an addition. Oh, that's this. Oh, this was built back then and this was built here. It just felt like, why don't we continue this sort of elegant wood and concrete structure in a way. But also, and Ben and I went back and forth on this a little bit, bring in his creativity. So, you know, when you look at this image and you see that roof line and the the raised seal um, roof that sticks, I'm not an architect, so excuse my language, but that sticks up, you know, that's sort of very much Ben. And I think you know, that's what made this so cool. I think it was also very much the site itself that created this opportunity because in this particular image, you know, we had sort of a moment where the building could kind of look different. And, you know, we did, we kept, it's all the exact same stucco, the wood and everything. And also because we needed to have this high ceiling really to make the project work, I was able to sort of do my thing and then also stay within the parameters of what the original project had. And so I was sort of given a palette that I could work with. Right. And then we sort of had this opportunity to sort of change it, but not really. Because here, you know, we, we were kind of given everything. And then this is the moment, you know, we take this Eve and we sort of bring that Eve all the way around. That's called an Eve. Yeah, this is the Eve and the sort of fascia board. Oh, and it's beautiful. Bumped this out an extra two or three feet. Just, I mean, presently in the photo, we can't see, but it produces more shade down here. And actually, Jenna, you were saying, what were you saying about during the day, you can sort of always find shade? Yeah, and that wasn't, you know, we didn't really think that out. I mean, we did think out sort of extending that eave so that there was shade in that spot because nobody likes to sit in the hot sun. But what's interesting about this space is when this little sunken seating area is shaded, the other area in the corner with the chairs is very sunny. And as soon as this shaded, this little sunken area becomes sunny, then the shade kind of moves over. So you're like, you're like, oh, we're here. Okay, now we're moving over here. You know, you f- kind of follow the light almost and it's cool. So there's never a moment where you're like, I think we have to go inside. It's getting too crazy out here. You can literally just be out. And even if you're not in this corner, you can walk around and like sit at the dining table or sit in the little seating area, you know, by the front steps that's like shaded by a maple tree. And, and so it's almost like an extra home yeah, outside of the home, you know? Yeah, it does have yeah. that, an, an extra home within the home. It does, yeah. And tell me, because the origin of you wanting to make this addition was because you were needing more home space. The house was always beautiful. And in some ways I was like, am I crazy? But I, you know, it was the anticipation of needing more space. I wasn't actually quite sure why I needed more space. (laughs) And then circumstances kind of told us why. And then my father is here a lot now. So he uses the space in a very independent way, which was always part of the process. And my twin eight-year-olds who are in second grade and doing school from home now have these amazing exterior spaces to do their schoolwork and explore. And, and so it just sort of came together in this like, oh, wow, this, this is why we, I'm, we did this space this way. And it makes sense. And everyone, we're a happy family because we're not sort of in each other's face all the time. <laughs> there's, it's not a giant house or anything. It's, no, no, there's, no. there's individual spaces for everyone to sort of be alone or come together. And so it works really well. 
So as we were talking about having your father come move in with you, I don't know if you want to speak to that. This is the room your father now stays in, right? Yeah. So my my parents live in Ohio. Um, oh, that's where I'm from. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. But in Cleveland. They live Me in too. Cleveland. Oh my God. Wow. This is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. So there oh my gosh. Is, yeah. So they're in Shaker Heights. That's where I'm from. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. What are the chances, Ben? They used to have a house on West Park Boulevard. Oh, yeah. Right by the park course. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then they moved yes. to an apartment in Shaker Square. Oh, my. I love Shaker anyway, Square. Oh, my God. Little farmer's market on the weekend. It's really fun. Oh, it's so great. A great Hungarian restaurant. I can't believe. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Ben, you're like a magic worker architect. Look, yeah. Look at what you. <laughs> Amazing. Look at what you did. How, I know. that. This is insane. It's insane. That's I'm not like, from Shaker Heights. <laughs> you're not from Shaker Heights. Damn it. <laughs> And this is very different from Shaker Heights architecture, and you don't see this in Cleveland. And No, you really don't. But so unfortunately, my mother passed away a couple of months ago, and, you know, I didn't have any idea. You know, I was hoping, of course, everyone hopes their parents are around forever, but alas, my mom passed away, and sort of this was on my mind as we began this project. I was like, well... I want to be ready if my parents would need me or, you know, need to be here for an extended amount of time. And my father, who's 87 years old, still works full time. And so he needs a little space of his own. So, so that was always part of it. Now, when he's not here, this is definitely my space. (laughs) (laughs) But when he is here, I kind of scoot down the hall yeah, to a different so you, room and it works great. And so I'm so happy in this very sad moment, of course, that we can be together in this space and watch it function in this really cool way. Yeah. So they, this whole addition in this image, you know, this is the bedroom office and then he has his own bathroom. And then, you know, the office, we have it as a kind of we call it the chill zone, so you can call it whatever you want, but it's it's basically <laughs> where you go and you chill out. And so there's a whole little wing of privacy for whoever needs it. Were you intending to put in a chill room knowing that it's really beneficial to have a space like you're describing for your kids, for anyone yeah. in the family, just to go decompress? And I find that to be a great part of your home. It's my favorite spot because it also opens out onto that beautiful yard, which is also its own hangout. So it's just like, it is yes, a hangout. It brings like a piece and, and sure I did because I don't love a big TV blaring in the living room when you're trying to like, so it's nice to be away and be able to have just different spaces where people can chill out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it has just that, it's like chill out either if you wanted to be reading, if you wanted to be artistic, if you wanted to just look out into the courtyard. And I love how it has that, that going in and out. Like you said, that yeah. door can just remain ajar and it promotes having that outdoorsy feel. Yeah. Right. And this room actually isn't fully decorated yet. It's still sort of in process, but. Yeah. That, I mean, the L-shaped couch is really sort of like makes it so cozy. It's just such a little cozy room. I mean, yeah. we were trying to get Jana's daughter into the photo because she was just kind of hanging. We tried. Yeah. And it was sort of really the cute situation but yeah there's so much flow i mean in this house there's the front door where you can go to the outside and then there's off the hallway you can also go to the outside and then here you can also go to the outside and so that's really kind of what makes the um let's see if i can go back to the point well i like that flow it certainly Mm -hmm. does 
feel like a flow. Here you can see like there's a door here, there's a door here, and there's a door here. And so it's not like you you have to go out of this door. You know, you can simply just come out here, here. And this actually sort of goes to the back area, but it is. It's like there's so much flow and moments that you can go inside and outside, but it's not this sort of almost modern thing with these massive sliders that are sort of, there's sort of no delineation between inside and outside. And I think you bring up a good point, and that's where I try to understand, you know, just in the psychology of design, yes, you have those massive indoor, outdoor, huge doors, but then it's almost like sometimes it's not enough containment. And this seems to achieve this going in and out, flowing without having such a massive separation or opening we kind of addressed that because at one point we were talking about a door from the bedroom that Janet's in now right directly to the deck and Janet didn't want that. And so, but we still sort of kept the flow because the yard was so much about the project. And so I think we sort of struck a nice balance that we didn't make it. So there was just one door, but we also sort of kept the privacy of the inside. It's like this almost flip inward outward, how, when you look at the, conversation area and the patio it like almost flips out from the house it has just this oh yeah you know like if you were to I don't know if it were some kind of architectural toy I, I feel like it just kind of goes in and out could, like itself. fold up and yeah the wall <laughs> yeah it, 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 I thought you meant kind of like, like a Murphy bed yeah. yeah, I've never looked at that like that before, but at this angle, I see it. Well, there's so much continuity and it it has like, you know, I don't know when you look at your own work and when you look at your own home, Jana, like it's almost like the more you, you look at it in different perspectives, the more you look at it and it feels like there's such a logic in this, Ben, while it's so creative and beautiful, you can see there's such a underlying creator that knew how this, obviously that's what an architect does, but. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, thank you. But Jana was very helpful too. Jana was such a great client and we came up with a lot of these ideas together, but it was sort of with all the built-in benches, it was a way to sort of pull the outside in or the inside out without doing, you know, a tremendous amount of glass. And I mean, what you were just saying before, it made me think that we had sort of turned this sort of the house inside out like a t-shirt. We sort of toy with like, what is the inside and what is the outside? But then we also are not doing these classic sort of Miesian moments with sort of glass and walls going inside and outside and stuff like that, so. And why did you both choose not to do Miesian moments with so much glass? For me, it was sort of what was the original house in some ways was sort of dictating some of the parameters of the design. Right. It didn't have that to begin with. Yeah. And I think too, I don't know. I mean, we have the glass moment in the bedroom and I also wanted the room to, especially that sitting room to have more function. And if it is an office to have it, it's nice to have space, but it's also nice to have like privacy and there's all, it's such a design thing right now. Let's open it up and put an island and put these crazy doors and open up onto the back. You know, I think there's like, when I see everyone doing it, it makes me pull away from that concept. And I think a little bit like, oh, well, everyone's doing that. So let's do it a little bit differently. And I think that is also what really attracted me to Ben and his work. Cause I think he thinks in the same way that I do. He's like, how can I be unique in this situation? And how can we- out of the box. Yeah, he's out of the box. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting because that is so on trend and it's almost becoming too extreme in that way and, and to kind of close in a little more and to block out a little more. And what is that saying? You don't throw stones at glass houses. What is, what is that saying? Oh, I don't remember that saying, but I've heard about that. <laughs> it's something like you're so exposed and why is that? And there's like a psychology of just being so exposed. There's a bit of a, you know, what is it? There a narcissism around that or 
but to have more containment and to be able to move in and out in that flow. And so going back to Ben and Jana, how what speaks to a positive remodel for the both of you is what I'm already hearing is that you very much valued Jana's, obviously her creative vision in this remodel. And you really listened to what she wanted. And, and it sounded like a collaboration. It sounded like a real yeah. collaboration. I think it very much was. I mean, I mean, Jana, she already had the sort of the half of the house that was gorgeous and she wanted to respect that. And I'm definitely a fan of sort of cohesive work. And also because of the site, the site was so nice that I felt it made sense to really have a cohesive project as you traveled through the site. And I think what made Jana such an amazing client was, you know, she was also an interior designer and she sort of knew about things that were happening. And also she was open to sort of like experimenting, you know, some clients sort of are just, they think they've made their mind up before you even start the project. And Jana was very open to sort of like seeing some of my ideas and sort of understanding them. And, you know, some of them didn't happen. Some of them did. But I think that's really what was so great. And and we really just got along just personally, you know, so much of a project, even sort of your contractor and stuff like that. You know, you you see them a lot and, you know, they could be the most talented person in the world, but they could be very difficult to hang out with, you know? So it's right. Like, <laughs> so it helps if you really <laughs> genuinely like each other and yeah. you have a good rapport. So not only was your design sensibility was very supportive of one another, you know, and allowed you to be creative and you appreciate her creative side, you, you really genuinely liked each other. <laughs> Were there any challenges that did come up? And if they did, how did you work through it? Or, or was the, is this seamless in that way? I don't know. I mean, there was some moments. We haven't talked about this yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, good. But this is hot off the press. Leave it. You know, I am the psychotech. That's right. I I will invoke this. We will work through it. Okay. Did you just stay in denial? (laughs) I'm trying to think of something that like really rubbed me the wrong way or something. I can't really think of anything. Maybe if there was a a moment where he wanted this window put there and you're like, no, I don't know. I can't think of it a moment. I mean, I think there were some drawings, but nothing was actually too far off what we have here. There wasn't drastic changes. I mean, yeah, there were just little moments. Like I remember we talked about this sort of dropped sort of sunken seating space and we were sort of like trying to decide how big it was. Yeah. And we, you know, we sort of went over that. And then I just remember sort of more talks than other moments about the tile in the bathroom. But I mean, those are honestly really the only moments. And it took us a little while to decide how to do this, this handrail. The handrail and also the concrete, because there's a lot of it. And so I was super, remember we were, I was super like, oh, we can't do it all. And (laughs) concrete. Yeah. So we looked at tile options and this and that. And then we sort of decided on this slightly odd, but cool sort of framing and wood just to break it up. And then the DG and. So it's more about figuring out the elements and. I think we just work together and figure yeah, it out. It sounds yeah. more solution focused. Yeah. There was an issue yeah. around how something was, was working or looking. It would be work through and you would explore the options together. Mm-hmm. And then would it always kind of be this, okay, yeah, let's do that. Like with the wood that Jan is talking about right now, these sort of like little framings of the concrete, like we were both sort of going back and forth. She would do a drawing. I would do a drawing. She would do a drawing and stuff like that. And so, but it was exactly what you said. It was very sort of solution based. We were always like just working towards, and I was, you know, I was trying to understand where she was coming from and, And that's so much of architecture is being solution focused. You're problem solving all the time. You know, it's one big solution focused undertaking, which I think with psychotherapy, I tend to do a lot of solution focused psychotherapy for that reason, because you want to positively move through 
things constructively, right? Yeah. That's the creative part too. So Ben, so compared to maybe some other challenges that you could have with clients, it sounds like the variables that made this such a winning remodel and build was just the solution-focused, collaborative, being able to appreciate each other's creative vision. I'm just kind of honing in on those variables that Mm -hmm. really allowed for you two to really have this beautiful space. And it sounds like you also had fun. I mean, you sound like you both have great, you have great senses of humor. So (laughs) yeah, that was really like, we got along. And I mean, actually, now that I'm remembering, you can just sort of see this little gap here. But midway through the construction of the project, we had this whole situation where we were like, we thought we had to build new retaining walls and retaining walls on some sites you know, this retaining wall costs $10,000. This other retaining wall over here costs $100,000. That's no reference to the project, but we did, we figured out this whole sort of stepped situation because there is an unpermitted, a legally unpermitted retaining wall that can be built. And I think in many ways, it kind of enhanced the project because it sort of like gave the project the fence and then an area where we were almost forced to put more plants, this area right here. And that was a moment that sort of was another moment that we were really trying to figure out. And then we just made it work. And I think it really sort of worked to the advantage of the project. And that speaks to like the creativity comes from a problem. There was, you know, there was an issue and here you figured out in a design way, how to make it even look better. Like you were saying, this became its own design solution. I think, I think that's often the case. I mean, I, you know, as an interior designer, we we have issues that come up like this all the time as well. But I mean, really nothing compared to like what architects deal with. I'm like very impressed figuring out creative and interesting solutions. Did you have to get an engineer involved? Was there anybody no, else? You have to have a soils engineer and, and a regular engineer and Yeah, this was kind of an interesting moment. The retaining walls, and actually I really like these hillside projects because they're instantly another problem. You know, every exterior (laughs) problem isn't, it's not just flat, you know. But in many ways, that was really what kind of added to this project, you know, because this sort of dropped space actually existed before. And then we were just forced to make it smaller with these retaining walls. And that, I think, really sort of added to the, everything. There was more plants. And then it pulled it away from the neighbors because these neighbors over here are kind of the closest. Okay. And so that pulled this area away from them. But yeah, the hillside projects, you know, some people really don't like them, but I've spent a lot of time doing hillside projects and I really enjoy all the challenges that they add to a project. Okay. You're the hillside yeah. project guy. Okay. Yeah. And it was cool because... I mean, this being my own house, but just watching the process with the contractors and hand digging the caissons like to down to 22 feet, it was like, they're just climbing into the hole another day, digging that hole, you know, (laughs) and it just, and then hauling the dirt, you know, it's just this very beautiful, like less beautiful to them, I'm sure, as they're doing the manual But it's labor. excavating. But it's excavating in this, like, you know, there was no bulldozers or anything. So it was really this, like, cool process. Were you disrupted in terms of your just being still on the property in your home, having to hear the remodel, though? Was that disruptive? Right. Not really. I mean, we heard it. What was interesting is that the the whole process took about a year, but we, you know, we had a, the walled off in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So we were sort of living. We built a wall that, from here. Yes. We were living in that area. And what was interesting was a little bit of a realization like, Oh, this is enough space. Wait, do we need more space? But then when we got the extra space, I was like, Oh, now this is very nice. There was one moment where, where I came out of the shower and one of the contractors was <laughs> in the house. <laughs> and I'm like, like that could no. happen. <laughs> but I by could, then we were old friends. You were all kind of sleeping together anyways. Right? <laughs> exactly. 
I mean, <laughs> at a certain point, it's such an intimate, you know, it's your right. home, you're excavating, you're building, which I have a few more questions. One is about budget. Were you able to stay in the budget? Did that become stressful? As you had talked about, being a designer for other people is a lot easier than when you're using your yeah. own capital. That's it's much easier to use someone else's money, of course. <laughs> so yes, I did find that I was making different decisions than I would for a client, which is interesting. I mean, I've always, it's so much easier to talk about somebody else than to talk about yourself. And the same is true in design. Like, so yeah, I mean, we had a budget. We did go over, not super crazy. I can't remember an exact number, but but it was also like as a designer and working with Ben, who was so creative and inspiring, like how can we make this inspiring moment happen without like really breaking yeah. the budget? And I think too, with like the all glass doors and stuff, those doors are very expensive, you mm-hmm. know <laughs> what I right. mean? So, so I'm always into like spending the money where it's going to make the biggest impact and adding the wood and doing the custom closets and the, there's a custom vanity made out of beautiful walnut in the right, that's bathroom. And yeah. So you made your making, choices. Yeah. And compared to like, let's just put in a giant glass door. <laughs> to me, that's not a well, necessarily well thought out design choice. Luckily I, you know, I was able to get you know, the, some of the lighting is from Denmark and, you know, I'm just like a hunter gatherer kind of person. So that wood that sort of was already established really helped us. I think, I mean, it, it is a yeah. wood that a lot of people use and it really is, but it's actually not a very expensive wood either. So, Oh, really? It looks expensive. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, you know, just brings up a good point as to where you're really going to spend your extra money and what choices you make versus the big glass door. And as we look at the artwork, because I would like to, in psychotecture and what I do, I so much appreciate how architecture and art lives with each other and the interiors and the objects and the meaning of all these objects that you chose. And we had a fun story on an artist that I really like as well, Kevin Cooley. Mm-hmm. And you tell this story because we're going to wind down now. So I think it might be our transitioning story. Well, yeah, Kevin, a friend of mine who he has a child, similar age. Well, he has a child and they, we have a child. So we've become friends and both of our partners are artists. And so he was doing a sequence. He's a photographer, a series that was called COVID Nights. And he was taking photographs of people who had sort of been stuck in their houses. And he called me and he said, hey, do you have anything that I would be great for this project? And I said, definitely. I said, we have this project, this client of mine we did together. And so I gave him Jana's info and, and he came over and you can take it from there, Jana. Yeah, it was great. And he, and it's funny because small world, Kevin and I ended up having some mutual friends in the Bay Area that are, oh. you know, good friends of both of us. And um, I know Kevin. Connected yeah. in a lot of different ways. And he was just lovely. And um, his images are, I mean, really, he's an incredible photographer. And his images are so well thought out. And like, they're choreographed. So he came in the evening. And it was in March. I think it was in March or April but it was still at that moment when everyone was just like real nervous for anyone to step inside. So I don't actually think he came inside the house, but sort of he set up outside and we were sitting at the table and my daughter is in this, wanted to go put on her like white, like ballerina outfit, you know, and then he had her sort of stand in the doorway and just the moment that was captured was so beautiful and I would love to see these images published. It's such a moment in history, and I feel so privileged to to have been a part of it. And we will have a view of that image. And just one last thing I wanted to ask, because of what his series was during COVID and looking at all the lights of everyone being so homebound. And I think you spoke to 
how your space has been so wonderful for this time because there's so many different, like it does flow, but there's so many different spaces. There's so many different moments. So when your kids are schooling or, or in school, tell me a little bit about that for COVID, for how the house has been supportive during this time. I mean, it just couldn't have been better. It's this magical, it really is. It's really this like magical place and to be stuck here, <laughs> I don't feel stuck, is really not bad at all. And to have these moments where you can just go and sit and look outside or watch the stars when you're lying in bed or, you know, have all these spaces that I couldn't have asked for it to be more perfect for these times that we never predicted. So... And you had also said that the, I remember you said the dropped living room ended up being perfect because you could actually get six feet away from the person. So didn't you? Oh, it's true. So I, I have had, I have one friend that comes over. We drink quite a bit of wine. Yeah. She sits over there and then I sit on the other side. <laughs> oh, it, it's it's per- actually perfect. It's, it's more than six feet. So it's, which they say is it should be 10 feet, right? So it's, perfectly yeah. spaced for COVID conversational wine imbibing. It really the is. Stars. I mean, yeah. I haven't been able to have a party yet. I know we were going to have a party before and then COVID. We were. Oh. We'll, have, we'll have one after for sure. But to be able to have any kind of social interaction and be outside, you know, because we're in LA and we're lucky that we can do that probably year round. Right. is such a blessing. Like it's so great. And With COVID, I know people are needing more space and the home is going to be obviously more of our work environment until whenever. Is there anything, Ben, that you could say like a, you know, final kind of recommendations for people at home architecturally that are kind of needing to integrate more of their work home and, and how this is so relaxing, right? So do you have any recommendations? I mean, I guess to every project would be different, but I mean, I think with this project, it really worked because we created so many different spaces. And and just to touch on something before, it was really nice to hear Jana talk about the whole process. And that sort of speaks to her client. You know, she wasn't as sort of finished product driven. She was willing to experience the whole construction and sort of go from realizing okay. it could exist in this smaller home and then appreciating the bigger home so much better. That's sort of a really good sign because a lot of times construction, you know, clients can just get angry and all this other stuff. And, but it does take a long time. I'm all about the process, whatever it is. I love the process. So if you can embrace the process, remodels can be just an exquisite time and space to see how it evolves versus just getting it done. Like you're saying, outcome driven. Okay. We had a unique situation of where there one wall could be built and there were sort of two parts of the property, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, it's good to think about COVID, but even moving beyond COVID doing a house that's sort of designed around COVID, especially in California would be a great house forever. You know, just having these, different little spaces. And, you know, we do have sort of smaller lots, you know, 5,000, 7,000 square feet. So creating these little moments, I think, really adds to the experience of a home, regardless of if we're, you know, stuck in home or not. It's just showing that COVID or not, we don't have to make it all about COVID, that these are elements of living in architectural space that benefit us anyways. And I like that. I like hearing some kind of normalcy. And the functionality, having it, you know, form is beautiful, but having a space, exterior, interior, wherever, function well and have that function be well thought out is really important. It isn't all about the design and the look. If you can really integrate those to make the space shine in every aspect, both visually and like how you interact with it functionally. I try to make the projects very practical. 
the way that they function is very practical and then also have the the sort of wow of the design. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what I try to sort of put into all designs. It's not sort of an architectural moment that, you know, you can't have any furniture in the room or you can't have any paintings on the wall. You know, it's sort of an architecture that then someone can move in and live in. And even if you were to sell the house, another person can live in that house also. And so right. not sort of dictating this sort of fascist element of the work. So that's definitely what I like to do. And with Jana, you know, she's being an interior designer that worked really well because she's going to want these moments that she can utilize and sort of take advantage of. That's right. That's right. So it allows for that. It gives an opening for it in form and function. So both of you, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this beautiful addition, your home, and to welcome us into your home, Jana, and Ben, for you to describe your whole process and to show us this presentation was so helpful. Where can folks find you on your website? bybn.com and all my info is on there. That's the easiest way. You can see my work there and my contact info. Great. And Jana? Oh, it's just my name, janastark.com and spelled J-A-N-N-A-S-T-A-R-K. And I have an Instagram. What is it? Janastark underscore design. Great. Yeah. Fellow Clevelander, I can't believe what I know. We'll have to talk about this more later. To be continued. And I can't wait to be at this housewarming. I hope you are absolutely. I hope I I now get an invitation. I hear Ben's a great cook. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, uh, Rachel, you should ask Stephanie about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's not the case. Okay, you are so not a good cook. Architects might not be great chefs. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was such a beautiful, I'm so just inspired. I really am just so impressed by this work and I'm sure our viewers are too. So thank you again. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. This is Psychotecture by Rachel Malvald with coaching, consultation, and psychotherapy offered virtually and in home throughout the Los Angeles greater area and nationally. We work to ease design challenges to create transformative habitats. Thank you, and we look forward to the next episode and your questions, so don't forget to subscribe.